Oh, by the way, you have to do a tribute, tribute to John, to Madden. John, Madden. John Madden. That, that goes without saying, right? Hi, everyone. Welcome to John Madden Football. Despite early season injuries, the 49ers have reeled off seven straight wins and own the NFC's best record. But critics still feel the 49ers need to validate themselves, and today's pivotal game could be a true test of where their season is headed. An absolute gorgeous day as you look at three Park packed, and it is perfect. One thing you can't blame today is the weather, because there is no wind. It just couldn't be better. Pat Summerall here with John Madden. John, I know you talked to the Rams last night. What do you think? Well, you know what they're going to do. They're going to come out passing, and they're going to pass to the right. They're going to pass to the left. They're going to pass over the middle. Now, no one has proven that they can stop them. So until someone comes up with a defense to contain their passing game, they're going to keep right on doing it. John, how do you feel about the 49ers today? I'll tell you, they're going to test the corners today. Now, the defense knows they're going to pass, and they know who's going to get the ball. The question is whether they can take that quick out and that quick slant away from them. Well, the game's finally here. The teams are taking the field, and they're about ready to kick it and off. Now, now, from Candlestick Point in San Francisco, California, it's the Stick, stick, stick. 49er Podcast Show. Well, Happy New Year, Niner Faithful. Wasn't exactly exciting in the first quarter, but nevertheless, without Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance leads the team to a victory against Houston at home, and the Niners defeat the Texans 23-7. to Welcome to another edition of the Stick 49ers podcast. I'm your host, Lucas McLaughlin, and I'm here with Lucas Ortiz. Lucas, how are you feeling, man? Feeling good, brother. Happy 2022 to you, sir. Yeah, happy new year. And uh, so did you fall asleep in the first quarter yesterday? Wow, that was atrocious, wasn't it? <laughs> that, that first half was not one for the ages. We really struggled um, just having any kind of consistency on any any of those first half drives. Of course, Trey had that pretty bad interception where he just looked, he just he couldn't get it over the, the linebacker. I don't know if he didn't see the linebacker or he yeah. just didn't get enough touch to put it just above him and, and into George Kittle's hands, but it was not pretty. It was a, it was a first half, first, first half of horse S and I was really happy to see them come out and play the way that they did in the second half. Definitely. He, um, he really seemed to get a little more comfortable with some of those throws. Ayuk ended up having a great game and big time game. Yeah. And it was nice to see that Lance, you know, he, he seemed a little bit, maybe just nervous in the first quarter, but they just seemed really flat. I mean, even, even on both sides, even the Texans seemed pretty flat. I mean, in the first quarter. Yeah. I think the only team that really had any kind of consistency with, with either side of the ball were, were the Niners and their defense. Yeah. They did give up that one touchdown, but that was off with the turnover. And, you know, there was a, a big play off of uh, passing interference and Davis Mills was able to, beat Fred Warner, all pro Fred, although he's probably not going to be all pro this year on a nice play to Brandon cooks to get that one lone touchdown in the first half. But other than that, the Niners defense was playing big time, making all kinds of plays in the backfield, shutting down the run game. 
Uh, actually, they played the pass excellently, I thought, you know, other than a couple of PIs and, and uh, one drive. The, I thought the defensive backs played an amazing game. And so didn't they take Ambry Thomas out for Dante Johnson at one point in the game too? Well, I thought it was just Norman. Can't, I think Dante Johnson may have replaced Norman at one point, and then maybe they brought in Norman back and then replaced Ambry Thomas. But yeah, Dante Johnson was is it, was going in and out. Even as a as a uh, as a guy on the couch, when you see Josh Norman turn the wrong direction, you just it, it would just make a completely different play if he just turned the other way instead of into the freaking. Uh, offensive player. Yeah, and he, yeah, that yeah, one. that one. Yeah, where he oh. gave up the PI and then because it wasn't really that much. He turned the wrong way, you know. Yeah, those kind of things are just irritating because when you see a really good All-Pro defensive back, they always turn the right way and they turn around. They turn their head around when they need to. And so I think like Mosley. Mosley actually is, probably, I think, probably our best defensive back. Yeah, and he, he is, and he, you know, he has a better way of going up and trying to catch the ball himself as opposed to just going up and helping for the best and flailing his arms and grabbing the arms of the of the wide receiver it seems like josh norman never knows how to go up and intercept the ball or knock it out of the hands the way you know you see a, a jalen ramsey do or patrick peterson some of the yeah he's just like a half a step short right right yeah. right so he got he got taken out of the game they put in dante johnson he gives up a pi but at oh, least his was a little more all right that was a kind of a shitty call i didn't really think it was yeah that was that much of a passing interference so i give him more of a pass i didn't I even he made see a, it i actually thought that yeah. he was fine but yeah, i guess he kind of caught him with his left hand maybe a little yeah and, and dante johnson actually had a pretty good game after he came in for josh norman he had a nice play on a fourth down yeah later on and and he played a pretty solid right cornerback. <laughs> we've we've said it before, but when it comes down to it, we make fun of the fact that this guy's been on the team for how many years, and he's yeah. still doing it. And that's a tough position, man. And but look who's helping us when we really need it, <laughs> Dante Johnson. Yeah. He's actually, been, yeah. I mean, that's that's why we have a little bit of depth, if you want to call it that, right? Yeah, man. He's he's like mold. He, once he gets into your house, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's hard to get out. <laughs> uh, so, hey, better to have him on our team than someone else. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah, the weakest link is the weakest link. So we're just going to have to help him out, get some help. And, you know, Tart's been having some real nice games. I think he had one bad penalty, but other than that, he can get back there and help guys like Josh Norman when he can. So Yeah, he was flying all over the place. He just had that one... I think face mask on a third down incompletion that prolonged the drive, but he was he was flying around hitting people, always in position, always making the plays that he needs that he needs to play, and even some uh, spectacular plays like he did on a on a flip toss uh, speed option on a third down. So love what I see out of Tart. Actually, Jimmy Ward had a pretty good game he, too. He, he was is consistently he was everywhere he needed to be in this game, which you know you can always kind of count on. You know, I used to talk. When they drafted Ward, but I was so wrong, man. That guy is, he's got a lower center of gravity, but he's good. I mean, he makes plays and yeah, very underrated. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't make a lot of stat sheet plays, but he's what you need from a, a free safety standpoint. He's always going to be that security blanket and clean up those, those big plays that 
could potentially destroy a team. Exactly. Yeah, I think Thomas Thomas definitely had a better game. He, yeah. he Although he missed that interception, he just he oh. can't he can't yeah. finish off. He has these really nice plays, and he he has the opportunity to make them great, and he just can't finish it off with the interception. I think it was a couple yeah. weeks back one one came right off of his chest, and this week he he played a ball perfectly on an out, and the ball just hit him right right in his hands, and he just dropped it. It would have been a it would have been a pick six for sure. But the kid yeah. is playing better, and it looks like he's kind of coming into his own. Yeah, I think that just limiting penalties, um, you know, the Niners have, I think they said during the game, we have the most uh, pass interference penalties, and that's not the kind of uh, thing you want to lead in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I want to I want to ask yeah, you, what, what do you think of Trey Lance's second game as a starter? What, what did you notice was different from this start compared to the first one against the Cardinals? I saw a more confident Trey Lance. I think it didn't show maybe in the beginning of the game, um, but you knew as he went that some of those throws were really nice. And I think especially when he when he went downfield a little bit to Ayuk and then Ayuk made some real nice catches on the sidelines, but Trey seemed, you know, he wasn't trying to, they didn't have him running on every play. They had a better game plan for him as far as the plays went. Right. They call him went. I mean, that, you know, the last game, his first start, it seemed like they were running on almost every play. And obviously that's just not going to work. I mean, he's going to have his moments where he takes off and gets a lot of yards. You can't do that. It's not Pop Warner. You got to go downfield. You got to throw the ball. So I like to see that they they started, uh, you know, mixing it up for him. And he looks good back there. I think a couple of times, you know, he's just, he's just like a, a step away from brilliance. So and yeah, for someone that's their second start, I mean, I've, I'll take it. Yeah, so I do like the fact that they weren't foreseeing as many planned runs with him because I don't know if, if I'm the only person who sees this, but I'm not really wowed by his his run playmaking ability so far. Like he's not Michael <laughs> Vick or, you know, some of the, Jalen Hurts, some of these other really talented running quarterbacks. I think yeah. he's fast and powerful, but in terms of making guys miss or breaking tackles, he hasn't really shown that ability quite yet. So yeah. I like the fact that he wasn't having to run as often. Um, there were some scrambles that were pretty nice. He was able to get a couple of, of nice gains, although he did just miss the first down on, on one of his scrambles. I thought he could have done a little bit better job of maybe just getting that extra half a yard. Yeah. So I do like I do like that progression from the first game, and I just feel like he was a little more confident back there and a little more sure of himself. Especially and in the second half, it showed, right? Yeah, the yeah. second half, I think I think guys like George Kittle and Fred Warner probably maybe had a talk with him in the locker room. You know, Kyle did, and just lit a fire under him, and, and he came out smoking. He was a lot sharper. He was he was attacking the field. He was tacking the defense further downfield and his, you know, average yard per pass in the air was, was a lot better than what we typically see from Jimmy. So yeah. that's something that is an upgrade compared to what we normally see out of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he, Trey Lance is, is, is able to have the arm to go deeper and take chances. Even there was a, there was a, one of my favorite throws is the one where he threw to Brandon Ayuk just before halftime where Ayuk looked like he was going to make an amazing one-handed catch even though the defender was holding the other arm it wasn't <laughs> called but 
wound up getting a field goal on that. But I just like the fact that he took that chance and the ball was right there. And it's probably a pass that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't make. Yeah, and I, you're right. And I think right then we needed to get some points before they happened. That was, that was huge. That would have been the first um, the first half that Kyle, Kyle was shut out in the first half. That would have oh, been wow. in a long time. I don't know if it's happened yeah. on the 49ers, but I, I can't remember the last time we were shut out in the first half of a game. A huge part of this game was just getting back to our formula, to our winning formula. And, you know, Mitchell was healthy and looking pretty good. Uh, 21 carries for 119 yards, and he had that receiving touchdown. And he's such a huge part of our offense. And then just to complement that with the great Debo Samuel, I mean, what an incredible play for his touchdown. You know, I think right now is, like you were saying, Lance, the two starts, if you look at the previous start, he didn't have some of his weapons that he has now. Yeah. So I think that's also a big part of, you know, his confidence level. And they were, you know, they gave him, we'll talk about it in the trenches, but they gave him pretty good protection too. And I mean, he, he's got to stop trying to go through defenders. Yeah, he, he's, <laughs> he's not adept right now at throwing the ball with the, any kind of arc or touch. Yeah. You know, the way uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady does. Yeah. But he does have that laser arm and he does take chances, which I like, you know, he doesn't always take the safe play or the sure thing. That's two or three yard uh, dump to the uh, running back or a uh, tight end. Um, I like to see him maybe force it into George Kittle a little bit more. He did have that really nice clutch third down pass to George made uh, an unbelievable oh, yeah. one arm catch double clutch for first yeah. down and, and led to some more points. But uh, I felt like George was very quiet in this game. Second game in a row where he's been very quiet and hasn't had a lot of ball stone his way. So, you know, maybe against the Rams, we can kind of fix that and get George a little bit more involved and utilize all his freakishly uh, amazing <laughs> skill sets. Um, Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And then what's what, nice to see. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of, uh, we already talked to Bill about Elijah Mitchell, but didn't it just feel really good having him back? Almost like, that warm, cozy blanket that yeah. you miss and, you know, was in the dirty, the dirty hamper for a couple of weeks. And you're just like, <laughs> I really need to wash that blanket so I can snuggle underneath it. That's why I feel like Mitchell was. He's just at that familiar, warm, soft blanket. You can just hand the ball off to and, and get five to 10 yards every time. Yeah. I think the numbers are more realistic to the NFL and um, for Trey Lance. And, you know, he, he went 16 of 23 for, 250 yards and two touchdowns. He had the one bad pick. Uh, but, you know, the, looking at the rushers in this game for the Niners, you've got Mitchell, who had 119, like we said, and then Lance is underneath him at 31 yards, but only eight rushes. And I remember in that last game, <laughs> he had like 100 yards rushing or something like that. So, yeah, um, something and then like he had that. Samuel under him, which still nice to see Debo you know, mix it up and get him coming out of the backfield. Yeah, I think he only had one big run, though. I think they, they did yeah. a good job of bottling him up on the... They tried it seven times, yeah. On the run yeah. plays. Yeah, there was one outstanding run play, maybe one other that got a, maybe five or six yards, but it looked like they were they were prepared for the end of rounds and the, the jet sweeps with Debo, and that didn't really get us too much. Yeah. But Debo did kill him on that big pass play. So as far as the playoff picture goes, we should cover real quick that... So the Niners didn't clinch yet. It was no. nice to get that W. It's going to help. But now we need, I believe, for us to win uh, against the Rams, correct? We need to win, and we're in. 
we can actually tie and still make it, but you know, the odds of that are, are very slim. We need to go out there and just dump the Rams. And I think the NFL purposely changed the start times of the, the next week's game so that the teams that are relying on each other for uh, playoff bursts are actually going to have to play at the same exact time. It's kind of a, Nice. It's kind of a thing that they do usually with like uh, the Premier League soccer last weekend of the of the season. They'll, you know, if there's teams that are relying on each other to win, they'll they'll make them they'll they'll make them play at the same exact time. So one team doesn't know ahead of time that they don't have to win or they can play for a tie. Uh NFL's kind of going for the same thing. They want the Niners and the Saints to play simultaneously and not know the outcomes of either game before they start. And it was interesting to see that, you know, as we said, Mitchell had a big game and was back, but then Wilson Jr. kind of took a step back. So it would be nice to see them work as a tandem. Uh, but right now, I think it's a good time to get down in the trenches. Down in the trenches with Lucas Ortiz. Down in the trenches. So we, we obviously had a good rushing game, and Trey had some good uh, protection. Now, Things shift because we don't really know. We know that that it's most likely that Garoppolo is actually going to start this next game against the Rams. But if he can't go, then you know Trey's going to be right back in there. So break it down for us, Lucas. Let's start with the run attack. I think that was going to be the biggest key to the the game and and how successful we were. Although we didn't have a great running attack in the first half, it was it was successful to the point where we're getting some nice. Some nice gains by Mitchell. You know, he didn't pop that big one until the second half. Yeah. But I did like what I saw, the, the O-line. It looked like they were getting movement and holes. Um, there was even a play where Mitchell, I think, missed a, a really big hole and kind of took it into the teeth of the defense and only gained a couple yards where he easily could have cut back off the left guard and, and got 20, maybe even, you know, more yards on the play. Oh, man, I saw that. Yeah, right in the, 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 first, the first quarter. So the O-line was doing their job. They were giving Trey ample time to, to pass the ball, although there was a sack. I think it was on a kind of a delayed blitz where the linebacker oh, yeah. attacked Daniel Brunskill, who was already blocking somebody. And both those guys untouched, just, just kind of threw Daniel Brunskill to his back and were able to sack Trey because of the good coverage. Um, you know, that was the only sack that I can remember in the game. So overall, uh, pass blocking grade, I got to give him as, you know, admirable a a minus maybe nice. um, i thought they did a pretty solid job in that aspect trey williams obviously kept this guy quiet and he had one f- bad penalty you know what it was a it was a holding it right look like it but it, it didn't, didn't really look like a holding <laughs> yeah i mean it was only bad because of the situation but you, you yeah know, he literally just like grabbed the guy and threw him so i guess the fact that he <laughs> He clenched his jersey, which almost every offensive lineman does, as long as they keep their hands inside and the player is in front of them. They usually don't call it, but you got you got a shit call against them. Some of the calls were interesting in this game. You know, when you look at uh, Ayuk got a call, and he, you know he doesn't really generally get calls, but it was late, man. Yeah, and that was Last on a parents call where it, it wasn't called right away. It was just Ayuk complaining, and they threw the flag. Right. It, was it on a was it on a run play or a pass play? Pass play. It was a pass play. Okay. Yeah. yeah so he, he felt like he was held and would have had the ball. Yeah. Of course, we we can't complain as Niner fans because I think we were handed some late Christmas gifts that game. There was one exactly one interception, and then you know this is a complete digression because we're talking about 
the the oh, trenches, but the Marcel Harris interception where they ruled it not a fumble because of the forward progress was stopped. And it was like, wow, he's forward his forward progress was stopped for about one second. I think it was kind of a dude, that was the most bizarre play. That was bizarre. I'm so glad yeah. They did not uh challenge that because it looked like to me like he fumbled. Right. right, right. And that was a huge game or a huge play because it wound up flipping the game and we scored off that turnover. But getting back to the line, they yeah. they had a really solid game. I thought one of the top five games of the year. And even though we didn't have over 200 yards rushing, we did have a pretty solid number. What, what was the final tally? Something like 140, 150? 175 yards oh, rushing. Oh, okay. So even better than I thought. So, yeah, let's make it a solid A then. 175 yards on the ground, one sack, 250 yards passing. You know, the O-line definitely put the team on their back. Um, in terms of individual performances that I m- liked the most, I thought Alex Mack played a really, really good game. He was making a lot this of... great the last couple Yeah, of his, his pass blocking was stellar. He was, uh, he was making all kinds of reach blocks and getting to the second, you know, tier of linebackers and able to block them on some of those nice gains by Mitchell. So I just want to give him a little shout out and then say like, I'm really pleased with how he's picked up his play over the last uh, probably eight games. I mean, since week eight, he's really turned it on and, and proved his worth as one of the better offensive linemen in the league. Like I said earlier, I want to see this this type of performance against the Rams and just keep it going into the as far in the playoffs as we can go. Let's just ride this wave, ride this. Yeah. And- this health of the offensive line and ride the uh, the cohesiveness that they've shown over these last games. So let's do it, brother. Yeah. And, you know, I like that we've got such different guys that can go at you that the, the line adjusts to each running back, you know, and you've got wide receivers that are running backs. You've got, you know, Kittle that'll take the ball, you know, from the backfield. So yeah. Positionless uh, I, I players. This, our, our line is definitely doing a great job and this is the time to do it. And now we'll have to, See how they do against the Rams and then get back down in the trenches with the Down in the trenches with the Ortiz. Down in the trenches. So the Rams, we usually have their number, but you don't want to get too cocky. Let's talk keys to the victory and predict the score for me, Lucas. So my number one keys to victory is for Daniel Brunskill to continue his dominance over A.A. Ron Donald. And make it so that the only time the announcers say his name is just to say, oh, we haven't really mentioned Aaron Donald's name this game. It seems like the offensive line is doing a pretty good job against him. That's all I want to hear. That's, if we do that, we're going to dominate them. Just That's quite a challenge, but we've been doing really well against him the last few games. Of yeah. The times of- yeah, and we can't let Vaughn Miller hurt us. He's, he's kind of picked it up over the last couple of weeks with the Rams. And let's take advantage of the decline of, of Matthew Stafford. He's not been playing well. In fact, right now, I would take Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance over Matthew Stafford. He's turning the ball over. I, I want to see some of that in this game. I want to get some, some takeaways. Maybe Avery Thomas will finally catch an interception. And Fred War will continue his knack for punching out the ball and getting forced fumbles. I think he had another one this last game, making six. So, yeah, we need to get some turnovers. We can't lose the turnover battle. We always win. If we lose the turnover battle, we almost 100% lose the game. So look for that to be a de- 
determiner of who wins against the Rams. And I think the other factor is just Kyle's ability to game plan against Sean McVay. I think him knowing him so well has led to that, that dominance over these last three years. And I think Kyle is going to use, use that hubris and continue to just, you know, wave his, <laughs> wave his member at the Rams and, and McVay and just, you know, say, Hey, I own you guys. You're not going to win this. You're not going to win this game on my watch. So let's, let's keep that Kyle Shanahan confidence going into this next week. Yeah. And Jimmy Garoppolo, he's already been named the starter. If he's, if he's good to go, I uh, respect how Kyle's handling that because it's been Jimmy's season. And if you really watch that game, there's going to be some struggles. I mean, even though Trey Lance is going to be great, I think down the road, you know, he's still developing as a player and he's still developing his skills. He's still trying to have the kind of poise that Jimmy Garoppolo actually has when he steps into the huddle and people look up to him, regardless of some of the turnovers and bad throws. I know that uh, Michael Rango over at Empire points out a lot that he makes goofy mistakes a couple times a game, but he also does, he also threads the needle and he's, he's had a pretty damn good season. But so does Trey uh, and Trey can throw the yeah. ball further down the oh, field yeah. and he oh, looks yeah. and to extend the I'm defense. I'm looking forward to the future for sure, but I get why he's saying if Garoppolo is good to go, he's going because you just don't need growing pains when you're this close, you know? Mm -hmm. So give me a score prediction. So score prediction. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. I was actually really off on this, this last game. I thought it was going to be uh, a lot of points scored by us against the Texans. Play the under in Vegas. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go under on this one. I'm thinking defense shines. They, they hold them to, let's say, seven points, and we score 16. It's going to be a touchdown and a Robbie Gold game for us. Nice. I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be 31 to 30, 49ers. They're going to win it right at the end, Robbie Gold. Game game winner in regulation. So you also have it being a Robbie Gold game. Yeah. But as a oh, game winner, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm thinking he's going to ice it for us, or he's going to, you know, put the game out of reach. But I, I think we're going to we're going to have a lead the whole game, and we're never really going to have to sweat it out too much, other than a couple drives here and there towards the end of the game. Um, yeah. Now I got to ask you a quick question here. So if Jimmy does start. And it's just really obvious that that thumb is not doing him right. Oh, yeah. Take him out. Put Lance. Exactly. I mean, I hope and, and no matter what happens, who starts. This is it. I think Lance has to take at least half of the snaps as a first-team starter. So you have to prepare for Jimmy not being able to, to play this next game and have Lance ready to go. He's got to be taking just as many snaps and, and given the, the, the offense that we're going to run against him. Um, he can't be a scout team guy unless, unless you know 100% that Jimmy is fully healthy and that thumb is 100% healed, which I do not think is possible. <laughs> it is I mean, medically not, not possible for that the, to happen. So, it, yeah. He's hurt yeah. for sure, but I think what he's saying is that he played half the game with it. Right. Least, and you know, when he did play, so. you know, maybe it works out and he can play similar to how he did against the Titans on that last drive, which was a good drive, but overall it wasn't a great game for him. So uh, I'd rather have Trey Lance hundred percent healthy playing if it were me. Yeah. Especially if we you start this game and it's just really obvious that he can't grip the ball, like turnovers, we can't have that. 
because of the bad thumb, right? So I'm sure that they're going to have him on a tight leash. Uh, I'm really hoping that Jimmy comes back and gets to play and have a really good game because he's, he's done really well against the Rams as well. I think that's also why Kyle wants him in there um, if he's good to go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I, I, I think at this point, at least we're a little more confident that if, if Jimmy does go down in the middle of the game, that Trey's going to come in and just hit the ground running. Yeah, throw a couple touchdown passes to Debo. Yeah. So before we get out of here, let's let's uh, maybe pay a little tribute to fallen NFL legend John Madden. I know you and I grew up watching him, and it's, he meant a lot to people who watched the 49ers, especially on, on Fox, back when him and Pat Summerall were the announcers. And then it's incredible just the, the impact that he's had on football and He's, I mean, he was the face of the NFL for nearly half a century. Right. Just so enigmatic, so much charisma and all the Maddenisms that the boom and the, <laughs> the little sayings that he have and just the way he would tell a story or break down a play. Yeah. No one ever, no one's ever going to compete with that guy. Um, he's just a big influence on the NFL as a whole. Young people know his name. People much older than us know his name. And of course our generation is probably the most attached to him. So I just want to say rest in peace, John Madden, local Bay area legend, coached the Raiders. I think he was living in uh, the East Bay when he passed away um, his longtime home. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that John Madden did the Super Bowl 16 versus the Bengals. Uh, I'm pretty sure John Madden did the game. Now, I was pretty young, but I, I did I remember having listened to him and Pat Summerall. I just had they had an impact on you, just the way they called the game. And they made little jokes here and there that, you know, they, they did all through the years where, you know, somebody would see something on the camera and they'd start talking about it and make a joke about it. And uh, I, I'll never forget how Madden, he would freak out when he. He was in Candlestick. Every time they did the flyby after the national anthem, he would go nuts because the planes were so loud. He couldn't handle that. 1990, that's the last time the Rams beat the 49ers. In 1990. You know what this is all about? This is about the 49er defense generally and specifically the front seven. I mean, the, the, the front seven, the line and the linebackers of the 49ers just oh. whipped this Ram offense. Oh, here comes the Angel. Holy moly. See that? Look at this right up. Holy moly. What the heck is that? The Blue Angel. But they were close. I mean, they were You're close. not supposed to get that close, are you? Do they know what they're doing? Is that? Well, I hope so. They were, they were close. I mean, they were close to us, they were close to each other. The players, I mean, they're wondering what the heck's happened. The crowd is saying that's great, but they were—they just went right by our eyes. They were at eye level, I think. Where are they now? Is that a replay of them? No, huh? No. Holy moly! They're Where's turning that? around. There they go. Uh, okay, welcome back. That's as close as I've been to an airplane in 18 I'm years. I say you don't fly, do you? No, and I haven't been that close to an airplane. When you get up in the morning and you think, well, I, I'm, I'm going to go to a football game. You know what I mean? You know, the 49ers, the Rams, the old rivalry. <laughs> you don't expect to be standing up here and see a bunch of old airplanes <laughs> fly by you. Those aren't old airplanes. No, well, are they new? Yeah. 
What the heck was that all about? Were they even flying upside down? No, no, they were okay. Sometimes those guys are. I mean, sometimes those those guys do goofy things. I think they I think they do fly those airplanes upside down. Listen to the crowd still talking about it. Still buzzing. Well, we just got buzzed. Now here they come again. Where? I, I would not come. Maybe they're going to land or something. Maybe it's over. They shouldn't be doing that during a game anyway. American icon. For all you season one listeners of the Stick podcast, <laughs> you, you, you definitely, there's a little inside joke for you guys. You know, John Madden will be joining our friend Pat up in the big bar in the sky very soon, if not already there. I think it's already up. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, R2? <laughs> <laughs> right on, Lucas. All right, brother. Uh, Cheers to Madden and uh, rest in peace. And then let's go get a win. Yeah, let's get that W. Let's make it 2-0 in 2022. Yep, we'll catch you on the flip side. A little anagram for you guys out there. Go Niners. Go Niners. Amen.